That is Jazz Kalner with Modern World. I was going to play another song today called had, has the word enlightenment in it because we're going to be talking a lot about enlightenment today. And uh, I couldn't find it. So because things are a little crazy here at New Dissident Radio, we're moving into new studios next week. And uh, so Mr. Johnny Dam is not here today. He's uh, making things all perfect for us at our new studio. So his lovely wife, Rhonda, is here working it out. We're actually in an apartment in Hollywood today. That's where our original studios are from. And now we're moving to actually official studios in the Valley soon, which means more driving for me, which is not very fun. Uh, anyway, before we get to my guests, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on. Uh, you know, I could talk about a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's a lot going on in the world, certainly, and all of that. But here's the most important thing. The Tour de France starts on Saturday because my life is going to be complete for the next 22 days after that because I'm a Tour de France junkie and uh, get up early in the morning <laughs> and watch it live on Versus. It's pretty fun. It's an amazing, amazing athletic thing. Even if they're all doping, it's still a level playing field. It's still insane. And, I, and most of them aren't doping nowadays. Uh, but the whole controversy with Lance and everything is very interesting. So I'm really excited about the Tour de France and Wimbledon's been on and, oh, my God, Federer got knocked out and wow. And just to update you all on what's been going on with me, as you know, I've been talking a lot about doing my show, and uh, well, I uh, did it last night. It went really, really well. I had my biggest crowd so far, so I'm really excited about it. And if you happen to be in Santa Monica uh, on July 21st, or Los Angeles, and want to uh, come and see it before I go to Montreal with it, uh, I'm playing at the Santa Monica Playhouse. Uh, the name of the show is A Carlin Home Companion. And it's coming together. It's still a little long. I need to cut probably 15 minutes, but it really does move. So it doesn't feel like the actual hour and 45 minutes I was on stage last night, which is insane. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, uh, I hope everyone's doing well. Fourth of July weekend is coming up. A long weekend for most people. And, uh, you know, it means hot dogs and uh, macaroni salad and yummy things like that. 
oh, I just need to breathe. I've been going crazy for three straight days, and getting here today was crazy, too. All right, folks. So I have this really fabulous guest today. His name is Carter Phipps, and he actually was on my show, one of my very first shows. I had a small little conversation with him. Uh, I went to a, a big event here in, uh, in Los Angeles, and we spoke. And Carter is... Uh, the executive editor of a magazine called Enlightened Next. I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's one of my favorite magazines in the world because it's just a really no-bullshit approach to uh, consciousness and spirituality and evolution of mind and evolution of culture, and they're not afraid to you know, really gronk and ask big questions, and yet they really have this um, amazing big view that they hold and... Uh, and take with things, and I, and I really love big picture stuff, so I, I love this magazine, and uh, Carter's also uh, an author, he blogs for the magazine, his blogs are, are amazing, you should read them, and uh, he's what they call a philosopher, and of course an evolutionary, so uh, welcome Carter. Hi Kelly, great to be on the show. Oh, great to have you here. And, and, and just to say before we get started, I'm a huge Tour de France fan. Oh, cool. I love, I love to watch that. I'm, I'm, it starts tomorrow, right? The first in the, the I, first, first I think race. Saturday starts with a road race. They're not even starting with a prologue. Yeah, it's, it's Saturday. They're going a road race, and then the very second day they're doing a team time trial, which is so great. Oh, they haven't done that in a couple of years. I right? know. That's great. I know. I love those. Uh, those, are, those are the best. So, who, who do you, who, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. no, go ahead. We can talk Tour who de France. Think, who, <laughs> Who do, you, who do you think's going to win this year? Well, you know, I think Alberto Contador certainly uh, has got the edge. He's been doing very well. <clears throat> but I love the Schleck brothers, uh, and I hope they do well. And I love all the American teams. You know, I love that there's, there's more American teams now. There's more American riders. I'm a huge George Hincapie fan. I hope he wins a, uh, yeah, a stage. Absolutely. Uh, and Levi, I love Levi, you know. And yeah, go Levi. Yeah, go Levi. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. And I, and I like the French. I like when the French wins on Bastille Day, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> but there are some crazy fucking mountain stages. It's insane. Uh, it's incredible. It, it, there's nothing wrong. Oh, that was my Skype. It? It, that is truly a special moment in sports. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, the mountains, the, the mountaintop stages, and they've got some. They've got one stage this year where there's three beyond category climbs in one race. It's it, wow. It, yeah, it's go check out the website and check out the stages. Okay. It's it's absolutely incredible. And and DVR your verses, people. <laughs> Right, versus early mornings. I'm a little honored. My wife and I, my wife got me into it, and we, we love it. Oh, very cool. Yes, yeah, I drink my tea and do my early morning stuff. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. cool. It's nice to know you're a fan. That's fabulous. So let's talk evolutionary here, uh, evolutionary consciousness. Right. Um, I thought we would start with uh, your latest blog. I was just reading it today, and yes. it, was, it was such a great. You were talking uh, the first part of the blog. You were talking about the Armageddon and everyone, you know, this once again, the rapture was coming. And yet it was a few days later yeah. and, and it didn't happen. <laughs> shocking, shocking, shocking yes. news. <laughs> two weeks ago, was it two, three weeks ago or a month ago now? Maybe I can't. It's, it's a month a ago, while, I yeah, think. It's it almost a month ago right? or over a month ago. We were all supposed to be raptured or, or at least some of us were supposed to be left here and the rest were going to be raptured. But it was supposed to be, you know, I, I've been fascinated for some years by what's called eschatology and, and the study of the end times. And it, it was a result of an article I did about seven, eight years ago. And I really did a whole, it was a long-term, like a six-month sort of research project out of which an article came, just really studying this whole, this whole thing of eschatology, the study of the end time. Wow. That's what it's called. And, and, and the whole idea of a messianic. And it, it's kind of fascinating to, to, to study how prevalent this is and how how common it actually is in all the major religions of the world. It's kind of amazing when you, when you look into it. It's actually a, a fundamental part of a lot of religions, this idea of the end times and this idea of uh, a kind of a messianic end to history, that some form of Messiah is going to come in. Every major religious tradition has this. Uh, the second coming of Jesus is just one part of it. There's a, in, in Buddhism, in Hinduism, in, uh, in Islamic, it, it, it's all over. So it's a, it's a fascinating field. And then, of course, we get a chance to reflect on it because every so often you have a moment like that where some, some guy says it's all going to end and everyone. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, it really makes you think about the collective unconscious and the archetypal pattern of this that, you know, the human mind 
uh, like enjoys this storyline. And, and while I was walking in, into the radio That's station, right. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about even like in fairy tales, uh, you know, uh, being rescued by the prince at the end, you know, when the girl gets to, to, mar- right. to kiss the prince. It's the same, it's the same basic storyline as, you know, Jesus is the prince. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's going to kiss That's certain right. people. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's great. I like that. I'll, I'll use that. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you see it. You see it in pop culture all the time. I mean, of course, the, the some of the best movies that we love, The Matrix. You know, that's a messianic tale. I yep. mean, that's what it is. Neo, the one. You yep. Know? And and uh, you just you see it every, when you actually start to stand back. You kind of you see it everywhere. And 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 part of the the point I was starting to to make in that that blog or is I, I begin to realize this this is actually while we think of it as being a traditional religious. Uh, mm. Occupation that this is something that happens in religious circles. Uh, you actually see strains of this in all over pop culture, but in progressive culture as well. It's very, very common. People they imat they do and they they you know and in the new age and, and yes and in spiritual circles you see this is even more common. You know, people imagine that something is going to happen uh, that's going to be an event that's so dramatic and so outside of anything that's come before that it's going to change everything or in some form change everything. Sometimes it's disastrous. Sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, it's love and light and, you know, uh, you know it's some kind of, you know, a hundred or a thousand years of something po- incredibly positive. It can be very, they're, they're positive and negative versions. Sure. But nevertheless, the, 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 the character, usually it's, it's negative and positive. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's all going to shit. Then it's going to be perfect. Trust me. <laughs> exactly, and just and you see that the, the attraction of that that it, it's a viral meme of the mind, you know, and it's very powerful. And and I and I think, you know, I was reflecting on it. I reflected on. It. I think for some people, uh, it, it's it's uh, who are very well meaning and care deeply about the future of the world. They also get caught in this mm-hmm. because they they want things to change so badly, and they feel they look around at the world and they feel like. Like uh, like things aren't moving forward enough. Like you know, we're talking to talk about evolution. Like evolution is need, It's it's not fast enough. You know, it just you can't. The culture is not moving fast enough, and so they begin to be fall kind of prey to this kind of thinking that something is going to happen that's really outside of the historical timeline that can push everything forward. That's unprecedented in history, or at least in contemporary history, and oh. and and. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I, absolutely, and I, and I, I just I wanted to just you know bring it you know just go to your first point about this you know even the progressive side of the thinking. I mean, I know yeah. myself a few years ago. I mean, because they're you know and and being involved in the community that you're involved in and and I am mm-hmm. in a periphery way, and you know I mean we talk a lot about evolution mm-hmm. and 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 we do yeah. a lot of work on ourselves and we're trying to find a way to push the edge and the envelope. And we'll talk a little bit more about exactly what that means. Uh, in in a a second but so so a part of me does like really like wow maybe there is going to be like this quantum leap you know like we saw in the in the renaissance i mean it things like this do happen there there are leaps that happen and so we think okay and yet interestingly enough in doing this solo show that i'm doing this one woman show where i talk about my life and my life with my father in particular and it's kind of a a parallel evolution of his career in my life and That's I, great. You're doing that. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited about it. But what I look forward to seeing it. What What I was really getting the uh, I was when I was actually doing it last night. I was thinking, boy, you know, it takes a long time, even in an individual life, to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like we get yeah. we have an idea of what we want. We feel the urge to go forward, and yet it takes years and decades sometimes to really manifest that original seed of that thing that's right that's right well as you say exactly it takes evolution is hard work Mm. real evolution takes time we can we can have glimpses and realizations of what's possible but to deliver on those and yeah and you can look at even culturally the renaissance in some sense the renaissance itself was a was a was a a sense of what's possible you know you had in in early greece you know you had Mm -hmm. these incredible philosophers who were who were giving us a glimpse into this new worldview and and of course the culture couldn't sustain it at the time and then in the renaissance again you have 
uh, you know, these incredible individuals, you know, reaching up and giving us a, fur, a, a more incomprehensive glimpse into a possible new worldview, the, you know, the modern worldview. Yes. But it takes several hundred years before it even starts to work its way into the periphery of culture, really. <laughs> and then eventually, you know, four or five hundred years later, you start to have that be more of a mainstream kind of way of beginning to think about the world. And it's more. And so, so you know, evolution, evolution takes time. And by, by making this, this point, of course, I'm the great believer, and I'm a passionate evolutionary. I'm a great believer, and I'm passionate about the evolution of consciousness, consciousness and culture, and and I, you know, and the, and and all kinds of leaps forward. Extraordinary things can happen. Extraordinary things are possible. All kinds of leaps forward can happen, and yet, when we reach outside of the kind of normal processes of history, even the extra normal, and, and we start imagining these. Hmm. These, you know, extraordinary leaps that just aren't even really reasonable or rational. I'm not talking about the Berlin Wall comes down. That was incredible. You know, that was a that was a ma- amazing moment in history. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Second Coming. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> yes. that kind of like outside of history. Yeah. So there's a delicate line here you have to watch. And I, you know, you don't want to let, you know, you, you, we can be too idealistic in a way that just has nothing to do with what's actually possible in, in, the, in the evolution of consciousness and culture. But we never want to let that turn into a kind of a cynicism. We want to be, and so we have to find that right marriage of idealism and realism. And that's really, that's the sweet spot of evolution. And sometimes I think when people, you know, I, I noticed a while, I had this insight about a couple of years ago, where I, I, I noticed that people who, who, who long for these dramatic, evolutionary leaps that are going to change everything all at once. I realize it's actually, when you you have deep uh, faith and when you see what's possible in uh, in terms of the evolution of consciousness and culture, when you start to see how cultural evolution can happen and how you start to see, like you say, you start to see how as you said, how, how an individual can change in their own life and how I can change in life. And you start to see how culture can progress little by little, and then every so often take leaps forward. You start to actually see that process and feel the impact and the power of evolution as it's manifesting in culture and society. Then you don't, then, then okay, it's not going to you know, go zero to 60, but you don't need the big leaps forward. You don't need the second coming of Christ to save us all. You don't need 2012. That's mm-hmm. the latest, right? You don't need the harmonic convergence in the same way. You don't need that in the same way because you, there's a deeper underlying faith in the reality of the evolution of consciousness, consciousness and culture. And so I realized it wasn't because people believed in evolution that they were having these, these uh, you know, messianic urges. It was, because, it was an insufficient, it was a lack of faith in, in, in the reality of evolution that made them kind of reach outward for these dramatic events. Yeah, and, and it's not surprising that people, uh, you know, can't take the real pace of of evolution. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, if you look yes. at biological evolution, <laughs> yeah. the pace. I mean, it's oh, it's, it's much slower. <laughs> it's much slower, and it's amazing. I mean, what we ha- have. I mean, the fact that we are speaking to each other, and we have language and consciousness, and we've created all these systems and technology. And I, I mean, it's it is quite amazing that 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 you know that the rocks turned into us yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know but it I took mean, it's, it's a long time I mean, yeah it's it, it, exactly. it's it's you know and it's like if you want to make a definition of the word miracle you know oh, not yeah. not in the not in the the baby jesus kind but uh yeah. but you know it's like it's pretty fucking amazing but yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. it is it is slow and and yet not surprising once again that it's like all of us, you know, none of us are not guilty of this. They're just wishing, God, I just wish we had a magic wand yeah. and we could just make the, the messiness of, of this go away and, right. uh, you know, and make, the, and make everything orderly. And this is something else I was okay. thinking about today was, you know, the chaos of change, which is, you know, what we're in right now as a culture, a global culture certainly, is that, you know, we're watching this, uh, this modern industrialized uh, culture, you know, uh, structures 
are mm-hmm. no, are no longer working, and mm-hmm. and it's it's becoming clear that everything that was working for you know a good hundred hundred and fifty years, we're now having to pay f- for it, which is what you, was what you do, mm-hmm. and and so it's you know the, the the chaos is is ramping up because change. Changes, changes are coming, people. <laughs> changes are coming, yeah. and so we're feeling yeah. that. We're feeling there's change. We're feeling the anxiety of watching the chaos. Uh, but you know what? Chaos, although it's can be very frightening and scary, and and who knows how frightening and scary it's going to get. But chaos means that that we are alive, also, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that processes are working and uh you know when you think of the difference between a mountain and kind of the static nature of a mountain and yes over millions of years the mountain does change uh Mm -hmm. versus uh you know uh i don't know you know uh, putting a bunch of drinks in a blender and putting it on you know the 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 instant uh, dynamism of that uh you know there's there's a there's a big difference there and and there's something about learning to breathe and be present with chaos and changed to, to, to trusting that if there is going to be some order coming from it, the order will emerge, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's, there's, it's not a, so, you know, we were talking about faith versus really understanding and really having faith, I guess, in some ways in evolution, you don't have to believe in evolution, mm-hmm. but, but, mm-hmm. but seeing that, you know, evolution is messy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not orderly. You know, we wish it. We wish it could be all kinds of ways, but it it is how it is. And 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 the more we appreciate from a historical context, when you, just as you said, when you look back and you see cosmological evolution and biological evolution, and then you start to see cultural evolution, and you can look back and and track that process, and you can see how messy it is, and yet how much has changed where we've gotten to, and how and nothing's guaranteed. You know, nothing's inevitable. And yet we've come so far in many ways, and you can just appreciate what it's taken to get where we, we where we are, and then you start to appreciate all the all the new opportunities that are present to us now, which are are extraordinary. And the understanding of evolution and cultural evolution itself being one of them. I mean, never before in history have we had such a rich sense of where we've come from, and and in that sense, like the capacity to see this whole process we're part of. And then to be, contribute to it going forward. I mean, it's an extraordinary moment. I talk in that in that blog. I think I mentioned also, you know, I, something's happening in you know in culture. So I, I guess what I, I would say, you know, we we don't want to get into the 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 trap of thinking that this isn't an extraordinary time either, because <laughs> yes. it really is. Yes. I think it really is. And I think one of the things that's happening at a cultural wide level is that we're we are waking up to this reality of change, like mm. you spoke about, and and the reality of ev- what I would say evolution, and not just evolution like Darwin, Darwinian evolution, but I, in in that blog I also mentioned, you know, we're breaking this what I call the spell of solidity. Yes, and it's been this idea that we have as individuals. It's this idea that that fundamentally at the foundations of our lives and our world, things are fixed and static, and evolution, the idea of evolution is breaking that up. It's mm. like it's like a dam being broken in our consciousness. We're starting to realize that that biology is is not is, is fixed or static. You know, we used to think all the species were just sitting out there and they God put them all there. Yes. You know, and they just kind of existed, you know. And if there were bones of like dinosaurs, they came from another continent or something, you know. So but we're realizing we're we're in this process. We're moving. We're moving. Things are changing. As you said, you know, species are dying. And so we're realizing that biologically, cosmologically, we're realizing we're in this process of movement. Uh, culturally, we're realizing it. Psychologically, we're realizing it. You know, we're, that our, even, our neuro, even neuroscience is realizing our brain is plastic. It's changing. It's not just fixed. We're not just <laughs> given it at, our, at birth. Our, our very DNA, we're realizing, it is even in, in process more than we realize. And then at the level of consciousness, even the very structures of our mind, you know, we used to think of them as being much more fixed than they are. When you start to, you start to realize this at a very fundamental level, you start to appreciate that we're just, that the whole, that culture itself, and I'm, and I as a human being am part of it, is moving forward in some fundamental way. It breaks something in itself. 
And you start to appreciate, oh, my God, this whole thing is moving. <laughs> and suddenly I can be part of that movement. And that, it's very liberating when, you suddenly, when that spell gets broken and you realize, oh, my God, I can, I, the culture and, and, I, and I'm part of that culture. Consciousness and culture is moving forward, and suddenly I can contribute to that. So we're realizing that at this time in history in a way we've never been able to appreciate it. Uh, you know, in the last 5,000 years. So, uh, you know, to make the opposite point, uh, it's an extraordinary time to be alive <laughs> and to appreciate that. Well, yeah, and, and, uh, and I think, uh, you know, uh, one point I think it'd be interesting to talk about a little bit, too, is that uh, here we are in this, uh, in these, this, in 2011, and there's very, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of main different worldviews that are very alive and trying to frame kind of the narrative and the storyline about what yeah. is happening. And certainly you and I right now are framing this particular storyline, which is that, you know, we are, we are, we've become conscious of the fact that we are evolving creatures, culture, you know, cosmos, all of it. And, and that, wow, what, what does it mean to be alive and conscious in evolution? And yet there are other worldviews at work, which we see a lot all day yeah. long, especially in American politics. Sure. Sure. that that have a very different view and and I, and i and i you know one of the things that i talk about here on this show a lot is the frustration with watching the mainstream media and mainstream politics try to have a conversation about uh, what needs to be fixed and what's broken. Yeah, and sure. and we're all sitting there going, but I don't feel like anyone's really talking about anything anymore. It's like, yeah. so, so there's, so let's, I'd like to name a couple of these other worldviews uh, uh, that, that we see going on. So, so when you, when you see the more progressive, let's say, um, you know, liberal side of it, you know, people who kind of grew up in the 60s, who are for mm -hmm. gay marriage, you know, are for, mm -hmm. you know, uh, legalizing medical marijuana, those, that kind of point of view. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, the kind you see in California a lot. Yes, the kind you see in California a lot. <laughs> uh, and the kind that, you know, uh, Keith Oberman stands for, you know, or Rachel, right. or Rachel Maddow. Uh, right. Um, where, 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 you know, where on the, you know, we're talking here is a kind of evolution of consciousness. Where do they land on that evolution of of kind of cultural understanding worldview uh, tree? Right. Good. Good point. And, and in terms of worldviews, I mean, this is just a, a little preface. This is another reason why the the whole messianic idea that there's going to be some big change is also problematic, because even if there was a massive leap forward, um, usually when people are imagining that, it means everyone in the, in the planet somehow is going to become like them. Yes. They're going to adopt their worldview. You know? It's yes. like whether it's the religious worldview or it's the progressive postmodern worldview. You know? And if so, not, you're, getting, you're not getting on the ship. And, 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 exactly, exactly. And, 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 and one of the great breakthroughs, I think, of the last... Of this time is realizing that okay there are this there are these different worldviews that are present in culture and that and that people evolve over time through different worldviews and so we can't just reach back to an to a world to and, and expect you know a traditional worldview that was really born you know a thousand or two thousand years before and may have been modernized some over the years but still sort of rooted there and expect those expect people who are rooted in that worldview to suddenly just leap into a modern worldview or mm -hmm. leap into a postmodern worldview. Mm -hmm. So so quickly for your for your listeners, I mean the three main worldviews that I usually would speak about would be traditional, which is more of a traditional religious worldview. I usually call it traditional. Billy Graham, that kind of mm -hmm. person we might say. A modern worldview, you know, the the scientific, the worldview that came of age in the European Enlightenment, the scientific worldview. You know, Richard Dawkins would be a great example of that yes. worldview. Um, and then the postmodern worldview, which is, you said, more the 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 group that came alive, you know, the 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 one that came alive in the '60s and and came into the mainstream of of Western culture in the '60s, and more of a progressive, postmodern, much more liberal, um, you know. Lots of examples, Deepak Chopra, someone like that, um, right. would be an example of that worldview. So, um, so, so you can speak to those three different uh, and, 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 worldviews. And, and if you start, sorry, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, um, one of the things that helped me survive the 2008 election a lot was <laughs> understanding these, especially these three worldviews. So you can start to identify where people are talking from. 
And and so it's because it's really not right and left anymore, you know, or exactly. or even or even confuses the issue. It, it, right? re- it actually really does, and it's certainly not even class, you know, structure stuff. It's if you really see where people are talking about from these worldviews, you see that it's clashing worldviews. Yeah. Um, and and this is really where these people live. This is where they they they, they have an understanding of their morality from this position that what they value on Earth, what they believe other people should value. Uh, you know, a whole different understanding of like who's equal and who's not, who's got authority, who doesn't have authority. And when, and so for me, I mean, my friends were freaking out in 2008, just, they were just gnashing of teeth and screaming at the TV. And I would just say, oh yeah, but that's just a typical traditional worldview. I mean, you know, one God, one nation, what do you expect these people to say? So for my listeners, it, it helps a lot right. if you can read up on this stuff a little bit. It'll make your blood pressure go way down. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make you care less, but it makes you understand more. Yeah, well, it, it, <laughs> what it does for me is it, yeah, exactly. I do care as much, but I also don't, I'm not as confused by it, and I'm not thinking. Exactly, yeah, that exactly. I, yeah, and I'm not thinking I have to get in the middle of all this and trying to be a traffic cop because I grew up in an alcoholic family, and that was my job. I'm the traffic cop, so I always right. think my job right. is to be the traffic cop between all these people. <laughs> and yet, you know, it's like if someone's entrenched in their traditional worldview, uh, it, it's a long journey for them to be able to put them them their self in the shoes of someone with a postmodern worldview or a modern exactly. worldview. And, exactly. and, and really the, you know, I always think about, you know, the people that I, that, you know, you can only hope to reach are the people who are already just about to t- make the step over anyway <laughs> to a new worldview, right. you know? Right. And then you see, then, then there's no point in trying to get all of the traditional America to, to be, modern just like that or to be postmodern just like that it's never going to happen you know it doesn't matter how many you know uh you know the green revolutions we have it's just not going to happen in any kind of short time frame but what you also realize is there are things you can do that begin to speak to those different worldviews in ways that make can make a difference and there are also you start to realize there are healthier versions of each of these worldviews mm-hmm. and it, you know and part of our Part of the, you know, part of what we have to do as evolutionaries is to is to help these worldviews develop in and of themselves, to help people move through these worldviews, but also to help the the worldviews themselves, the way they're expressed, become healthier, mm-hmm. and and therefore they serve the whole much better, and that's 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 critical. And you can see, you know, the worldviews get, you know, like, I mean, look at the, you know. Al-Qaeda is a perfect example of a, a kind of a traditional worldview kind of warped around itself, a horrible kind of evil sort of example of a traditional worldview that's really that's lost its place. You know, but there are healthier expressions of a traditional worldview. So, so worldviews have, have to become healthier. And you can see that in politics. But I tell you, I mean, for, your, for people who don't know or haven't looked at politics through this lens, it, it's, it's like... I don't know. It's like it's like it's like opening onto a whole new world. You know, it's it, like suddenly it things is. are explained that you couldn't have possibly <laughs> explained before, and it's like it's like you you it's like you feel like before you you weren't able to see in three dimensions or something. You know, it's like <laughs> it's it's so so true. It is. It it's, it it is. There's a sense of of relief uh, uh, about it all, you know, and that, and that's the thing. Uh, oh. When I, stu- when I first started studying this stuff and, you know, was trying to understand the different worldviews and really trying to find, you know, we, when you talked about healthier versions of it, you know, like the importance of like the traditional version, one of the aspects of that is there's an emphasis on law and order. And there's mm-hmm. something really, right. there's really, you know, law and order is important. When the red light is red, we need people to stop at it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like I remind people that actually law and order, the, the order part of that is is important. And, and, and we all have within us those aspects of it. And that's how we can, even if you're with someone who has a completely, you know, diametrically opposed or different type of worldview, you can step, you know, you, you can step into someone else, especially if you're postmodern, because postmodern is used to yeah. stepping into all sorts of shoes. Right. <laughs> that's that's right. kind no, of your job. And, and you see, we need all those worlds. Yes. Even, even within ourselves, we need we need the, the structures and the strictures of, yep. of a traditional worldview. We need law and order within ourselves. You yep. know, we need we need each of these worldviews within ourselves. And and as you said, like law and order is a very important part of the traditional worldview. You know, things like. 
uh, prohibition, you know, kind of prohibitions against like a sexual engagement. That's a big part of the traditional worldview. Always has been. Now, for us postmoderns, we kind of say, "What the heck? Well, why, what's the deal? Why?" You know, and people are like, "Why? You know, why is that such a huge thing? Why do they care so much about that?" But then, if you go to Africa and you're in the and you're in the Congo, and you know, people are raping and pillaging, you you start to see, oh, in a context like that. A traditional worldview is going to do a great service. You, right. know, you need that kind of restrictions around. You know, you and so you see. You know, worldviews are meant for particular, as as people like to say. You know, particular life conditions and particular, and they're, they're they they work well in particular life conditions. So so you start to appreciate the, how evolution works and how it has worked through history, and you can see, oh, that's why that worldview. That's why they care so much about that. But that's part of the intrinsic nature of that value system. Right, right. And so you appreciate. Now, it may not be appropriate for 2011, and then we have to work with that. We have to figure out how to move it into, a, into 2011. But you, but you just can appreciate the dynamics of, of evolution. And it is. It's like, it's like you know, it's like, you know, and, and then when you, you see politics, you just you kind of, it helps you not to tear your hair out. But also, you want to you want to kind of shout from the mountaintops about it a little bit too, because you just say this is so important. Because if you start to see this, you realize so often people are just parroting their worldviews and they're just clashing. These these worldviews are clashing, and we need more people who can kind of stand up above the fray and look at this and and be able to help this whole structure work together. You know, because you're you're not just dealing with left and right. You're dealing with like two thousand years of various and conglomerations of history that are arguing with each other, and we have to find a way to make it kind of work together. Well, and I think that was a great point, because, you know, most of us are unconscious even of our own worldview, and and part, part of what, you know, looking at this stuff this way is really cool is because you do bring consciousness to it, and and and, you know, bringing consciousness to anything is usually the healthier or always is the healthier route yeah. uh, because because then you can at least claim responsibility for it or or choose to do something different. And so there's nothing wrong with all of these, you know, worldviews, but so many people are unconscious about what they're even talking about or sometimes that they're unconscious that they're actually spouting two different worldviews uh, from two different aspects of themselves and contradicting mm-hmm. themselves even in some way, you know, which is mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly can understand that myself. Mm-hmm. Well, something I'd love to just get into the la- just the last few minutes we have here is um, how have you personally, um, you know, helped yourself evolve your consciousness? Like, you know, what are, are do you have practices? You know, what have you know, obviously there's people let, that I've been studying to kind of understand this kind of stuff we're talking about today, uh, one of which is obviously your magazine and uh, Andrew Cohen, who's a spiritual teacher who's associated with your mm-hmm. magazine. And then there's Ken Wilber, who's a philosopher, mm-hmm. and there's Don Beck and Spiral Dynamics. There's a lot of different... And there's what's so great now is this whole philosoph- philosophical like school that seems to be created right now mm-hmm. of, of evolutionary thought, which is very cool. But just yourself personally, wh- what, are you, wh- what are some things that you've done? Well, I mean, I've... You know that's the as you as you know that in the in, in the context of our inquiry in the magazine in Light Next magazine and really all of our work in Light Next is is all based on our you know it's more it's intellectual and it's philosophical but it's all based on our own transformation our own engagement with these ideas so so I mean we you know I I I meditate every morning and when we do we I'm part of the community a spiritual community that and we. We we do all we do practice together, and we we get together and we discuss these ideas, and we talk about them, and we we talk about their impact on our lives, and we're very engaged with each other around these issues, and and so these aren't theoretical ideas, even just the the few ideas we've been talking about here about worldviews and how they operate within the self, you know, those are things we 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 care about, not just their impact on politics and culture, which is incredibly important, but. How are we expressing those in relationship to all the basic areas of life? How are you in relationship to the, the fundamental way you live, from the time you get up to how you deal with money to how you deal with relationships to, to marriage to to all all the aspects of life? Um, mm-hmm. And then and then and then you know different kinds of, of of spiritual practice as well. I mean, meditation is a is a critical practice. I mean, I think for any kind of transformation, you know, being able to 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 sit quietly and let one's mind be you know kind of fall away from the from the center of one's perception and let and let one's mind go is is a very very powerful uh, practice and it's 
important for any kind of transformation and any kind of evolution. It's a it's a critical. I think it's a critical practice. So, and I, you know, we've been doing that for uh, I've been doing that for you know a couple decades now. So, so there's there's all kinds of ways. But I, but I think sometimes in our in our postmodern kind of progressive culture where feelings became very important as opposed to kind of thinking sometimes. <laughs> yes. Our, our, I, I think, yes, our urges became very important. <laughs> exactly. And there was a reason for that. Look, there was a real important reason for that. It was, called, done... it was called the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, so the 50s came and the 60s came. It was all about self-expression and feelings. and It was, it was great. It was fantastic. It was support. It was great. Fantastic. All good. All good. But but we've gone sometimes we've gone over over we've gone too far in that direction and we don't appreciate and you know and I have so many people I speak to where they don't quite appreciate how that there are new ideas out there mm-hmm. that are transform that that are more than just a new idea you read in the book and oh it's in that cool mm-hmm. there are ideas today that that are that people are speaking about that are that are transformative ideas mm-hmm. that if you read them. And you think about them, and you take them seriously. They won't just change, you know, and some ideas you have every every so often. They will change you very deeply if you take them seriously. If you really consider them, they will change more than your 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 mind. They will change your whole your your life, your your whole way you you think about the world. They'll change your worldview ultimately. And I think we're not sometimes we're not appreciative of of that. You know, we we like all kinds of new ideas and scientific insights and those. But there are ideas out there that are that are that that run deeper than that, and I think that part of transformation is is certainly all kinds of practice and transforming all, you know, there's all different kinds of of aspects of the self that we can we can transform and 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 you know all kinds of practices that are important. But sometimes I think we don't appreciate how we can actually transform our worldview and the power of that kind of transformation because that has an impact on everything yeah and and and, and so, uh, yeah, yeah i just uh, i ap- absolutely and i the, the whole idea of i mean one one reason i i i i i, re- I read your magazine is because it's it's intellectually vigorous, you know, it, right, it sure. holds things up. It, it, you know, there's, there's reason being used and rational thought is being used in the right. very same moment. One is holding that there is this subjective reality of transcendence and the spiritual realm of, you know, subjective experience and that the, these two things can actually live uh, together and and actually can support each other and uh, and like you said move yeah. move a worldview forward and, and yeah. it is it's it's not you know it's not some sort of ego gratification like oh I want to feel good and I just want to you know yeah. love love peace love and all that kind of stuff it's you know there's a, there's amazing conversation that goes on in in the pages of your magazine and for me someone out in the world who uh you know you know grew up with a counterculture father and family and you know yeah. I was born in 63 so I was exposed to all of that and totally went into the new age you know and all that and yeah uh, yeah me too yeah. yeah you know and was into the dancing wooly masters and the Tao of physics and all that yeah, and just sure. I read all that yeah very que- in a very questioning mind and really wanting to know that and loving the intellectual vigor of it but also really curious about the you know mystical aspects of life and and so what's been so great for me especially like the last I don't know however many six seven years with this magazine it was like I felt like it was like oh there's other people questioning everything like the questioning new age stuff and questioning buddhist thought and questioning you know is it quantum physics really you know is it quantum is it mine what is it you know it really Mm -hmm. like having the the hard things and and so I want to thank you and, uh, you know, thank you for all that you do and all in the team there. And I know it's been like rough economic times and we're, we're all feeling it through, through yeah. everything, but you know, you really are a, a light out there. And one of the reasons I did this show called waking from the American dream is very much about talking about these worldviews and what's next, what, mm-hmm. you know, what is the definition of the American dream from a traditional, from a modern and from a postmodern point mm-hmm. of view. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know, I, I really encourage people to go check out your website, Enlighten Next. Is it dot org? Mm-hmm. Dot org. Dot org. And, no. and check out the, you know, be a subscriber of the print magazine. I know that helps you guys out. 
And uh, and then, of course, you know, there's all sorts of amazing things you guys offer. You know, there's people and books to read and, and certainly classes. And then, of course, working with Andrew Cohen, who's mm-hmm. I haven't done that yet, uh, but can't wait someday to go on retreat and have my mm. oh, my on. mind completely blown by the man. <laughs> and just, just to add two elements to, to the list you just gave, uh, two things. One is Andrew himself has a book out. New book out will be out in the fall. Evolutionary Enlightenment, which goes into the, m- many of the ideas we're, we're talking about, which is it's a fantastic book. And I also am I'm publishing a book next year in 2012 called Evolutionaries. Cool. Uh, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. Oh, so fantastic! People should look for for that in bookstores. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and certainly email me, folks, uh, here at WFAD Radio at gmail.com and if you have any questions about this kind of stuff I have a library full of this stuff I'll send you off in the right direction and let you know what some stuff to read uh, so thank you so much Carter for being here I so appreciate it and Thanks, uh, yeah and let's uh, let's talk again in a few months and uh, right. yeah keep this conversation going with uh, with you and I yeah, we, we- we get deeper into the political dimension of it. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, you know, uh, once maybe when the oh, and the election next year is going to be fascinating. We Let's should... do it. Let's do it. We can look at it through worldviews. It'd be great. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, Carter. And I want to thank everyone else, all my listeners and um, all my followers on Twitter and my Facebook friends and uh, certainly Johnny Dam for hosting, you know, posting this uh, incredible radio station here. And uh, being our godfather of New Dissident Radio, and I want to thank uh, my husband, Bob, who's just been amazing this last year in supporting all that I do. Next week, we have the comedian John Fugelsang, who is my uh, brother from another mother, as they say. And uh, we're going to go off here uh, with a a little song called Shake That Thing by Tin Pan Band. This is the band I discovered in Central Park. Well, I didn't discover them. I just walked by them. But uh, they're great. And everyone, uh, have a great Fourth of July. Be safe. Uh, Don't get too wasted. And don't eat too many hot dogs.
what you do, you got to shake that thing. Come on, baby, shake that thing. Yeah, shake that thing. Shake your arm. Yeah, shake your leg. Do the sprinkler. Just shake your head. Do the thriller. Yeah, do the shot tune. Do that shake of the dog. Do the happy sound, baby. I do the fish. You dissident radio. On the internet. Do the mess around, baby.